Everyone has an opinion, but he's got the Von Hessler Doctrine. Eric Von Hessler on WSB. Not live from Sherwood Forest on Friday, December 2nd, 2016. This is episode number 80 of Your Digital Doctrine. I'm going to do that now like, like your Atlanta Braves. This is Your Digital Doctrine. I'm your host, Eric Von Hessler. That pretty face I'm looking at? Whoa. Here in the Eng- English Nick. The I only see, one in the studio. We're I alone see, in the studio today. I see how it is. You haven't got the handsomest producer and producer, right? No, you're just, pre- you're just pretty. And you don't always look at the adorable Oldham Fisher, but she's not here today either. So. She's not here today. But we do have, oh. from Studio B1, one of my favorite people on the planet. He's pretty handsome. Oh, he's a good looking dude. Yeah. There's no doubt about that. Greg Russ. They ain't my Atlanta Braves. <laughs> <laughs> they don't belong to you anymore. Are, are you sure that you're not going to jump right back on the no bandwagon? Because there's I, a chance here. Re- there, hold on. There's a chance here <clears throat> if you – I read the tea leaves, and I don't know a whole lot about baseball. It's not, not like the way I know about football. But it seems to me that they seem to have a very young roster, a lot of uh, potential moving into a new stadium. Maybe it doesn't happen next year. But say the year after, they become – a playoff team again, and you're saying that even if they're playing well, they've got a new manager. You didn't like Freedy, as you called him. Freedy <laughs> is gone. Uh, and, Freddy Gonzalez. Yes, so he's gone. And they can we talk a, about him now openly? No, no. Say, well, no. I, I had a drink with the guy at the Braves Christmas party last year, and he was a really nice guy. Yeah. Oh, Freedy, really nice yeah. guy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, sure he is. But well, I didn't want to go on and on because uh, I've never met uh, Freedy, and I I think he's probably a great guy. And uh, everybody wishes that the team would have done better under him, but they didn't. And I. Think think that if the team did better, and if Greg, as a who decided he doesn't like the Atlanta Braves anymore, grew up a huge Atlanta Braves fan, and I don't know what's happened, but uh, no, I'll you know, tell you what really happened. Since uh, you know we talked about free, but it's not that; it's the stadium deal. I, I it, now intimate domain people losing their houses because oh yeah, maybe this deals? isn't such a great place to put a stadium. We're gonna have to build more roads. Yeah. Get out of your house for this stadium that you didn't even have a chance to vote on. You're still we a Falcons fan. What's that? You're still a Falcons fan. They had to pay off a church or whatever to get the hell out of the way. Yeah, yeah. I, I know historic they church. Did. They did, and I do. Th- I think the church came out handsomely. They're still one like holding out, which I they have the land already, so I don't know what that's about. Maybe so, the point but, is that you're not you're not holding this against Arthur Blank and the Atlanta Falcons the way that you're holding this eminent domain has been used long before you were born to create buildings that you've walked into your whole life and never thought about. But now no, it, it, it created I-20. Look at the weird neighborhood in Grand Park where it just uh, like uh, streets just dead end into like a retainer uh, wall. Because, yeah. yeah, they come in and they I get that. But I, progress, part, of that, part of this is the shady dealings of the stadium that people in the county. And this should be something you are on board with. Yes. They should have at least had a chance to vote on whether or not they wanted that stadium there or Well, not. here's the thing. The guy that uh, decided they shouldn't have uh, a vote was knocked out of office on November 9th. So yeah, he was people after still, the damage was done. Okay, so, well, that's fine. But, I mean, there are checks and balances. And an awful lot of people in Cobb County who don't like the idea are still going to go to plenty of games. And we're going to get five, ten years from now. And probably nobody's going to care. Once, once the cement set, sets and the dust yeah. settles, yeah. it'll be, yeah. I mean, I'm not saying. It looks that, like a minor league baseball stadium, too. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Have you been in it? You've know, seen pictures of it. I, I looked at the rendering, uh, sure. So I don't know. You if don't it, know. <laughs> and besides, the Gwinnett Braves have a wonderful stadium. It's intimate and warm. Yeah. Enjoy it. It's fantastic. We were out there one day. 
Look, we just didn't to, stay for the game, but the stadium was fantastic. We don't have to stay on this, but the, the, I know Cobb County was having, oh, we can't afford to pay teachers and schools. And then now they ran out of money for parks like the, because it's all went to this stadium. That's right. It's, it's, so you have a county crying pro- poverty before. Then they dump what money they can scrounge into the stadium. And, you know, I feel like this, the residents there not suffering. Their lives aren't awful, but, you know, they they aren't getting a fair deal. And you <laughs> up think. there in New York City is like the proponent of Man, Cobb County taxpayers. I hope that the uh, the Georgia Bulldogs never want to move or build a new stadium because Greg would be really mad about no, that. No, well, Greg, they would never. They, Greg is the just a, first of all. I also lived in Cobb County. That's where I grew up. So I ah, do. You know, I think yeah. I think if this were happening in a different county, maybe it wouldn't bother me as much. But just having you know, but but let's how about I was this five to. 18 living in Cobb County, and so there is an attachment. But what if all of this happened? What if all of this happened 10 years before you were born? And in your life, you just grew up going to the stadium in the county that you lived in. You probably wouldn't care. You wouldn't care because it would just be the way things are. You only care because there's change. Look, if you want to have a stadium, it's like a door charge, right? I mean, because here's the thing. Every time they build a stadium, a professional sporting stadium, they're going to hire economists who are going to tell you how, over the long run, it's going to help you out. In reality, it really doesn't. It's a matter of, like, if you're Atlanta, do you want to have a pro football team? Yes, that question. Do you want to be a city that has pro teams? Do you want to have an NFL pro team? And if you answer the question yes, then the door charge is the stadium. Now we've gotten into a situation where owners are now taking on more of it. I mean, Arthur Blank takes on way more of this than, say, if they were building it in 1975. But still, there's a component to the community, and I never believe the economists who come in and say, well, over 15 years you're going to have, because businesses and, you know, maybe, but probably not. It shouldn't even be thought of that way. You just have to ask yourself the question, do we want to be a major league city? You can say no. You don't have to be a major league city, and you won't necessarily lose anything out of it. You can... You can create other attractions. But if you want to be in a major league city, then the door charge is a really nice fancy stadium, and the taxpayers are going to bear some of the burden of that. So that's just the question. It's it's not anything more or less than that. Do you want to be that type of thing? If you do, that's what it's going to cost I you. mean, if the dome wasn't replaced now, it would have been replaced in five, ten years, whatever. Like, yeah. it would have the had dome is the ugliest is monstrosity. It, is it pink? It's boring. It no, it used to be boring. pink. Nick. It uh, had a, like a pink color scheme. It was like pink and teal. Oh, it's it's like a shoebox. <laughs> I mean, it has all the attraction of a shoebox. Zappos Stadium. Yeah, I mean, I, mm. I've never thought that there was obviously a period of building in Atlanta that was just so boring. You go to see the uh, ASO, Atlanta Symphony Orchestra, a fantastic orchestra. You know, one of the best in the nation, certainly in the top, whatevers, you know, in the tops. Uh, good musicians want to play in that orchestra. Wonderful orchestra. You go to... Uh, Woodruff Art Center? Yeah. Yeah. And it's like walking into a Lowe's cinema. It has all the personality of watching a movie at an IMAX theater. And and I came from my hometown of Rochester, which is a mid-sized city at best. It used to be. I don't even know if it's a mid-sized city anymore. And I was used to places like Eastman School of Music, and you walk into these uh, rooms and watch orchestras, and it's ornate mm-hmm. and you know beautiful wood, you know carvings. It, was, it seemed majestic, 
and the acoustics were amazing. And then you walk into this, you know, it's all Berber carpeting. It's, yeah. it's, 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 it really looks like you're walking, and, it, and it, it, it takes away from the grandeur of seeing something like that, a beautiful piece of music being played. And I think that's changing now, but I think that there was a period of time when these things were built when it was just... We're just going to be the most soulless. We're going to build just, the most soulless rooms together. Uh, around. You know, <laughs> I mean, walking. I don't know as I don't know what musicians think about, say, the acoustics of the Tabernacle. But there's something awesome about seeing a show at the Tabernacle because the room itself. Yeah. Empty the room and just look at the ceiling and the walls and the way the thing's built, and it brings uh, an extra bit of sort of I don't know, just grit to the whole thing, earthiness. And I just went to the new masquerade. Solace. New masquerade location is now down at Kenny's Alley in Underground. Yeah, did your car get broken into? Or no, right? no, we parked across the street. It was only three bucks for the whole night, which was pretty cool. Like yeah. you know, security parking. This is brand new. They finally, after threatening to move for a million years, they actually did move. Yeah, they were going to move to the West End. Then there was some kind of noise ordinance with that venue, so they moved down to Kenny's Alley because you've got these empty rooms. Yeah. And so uh, they're all separate. You have to go out into the alley to get to the other rooms, but they're good-looking rooms, and they sound good. So, Do you think it's going to work down there? I want it to work, because there's nothing else going on then. See, right? in my mind, in my mind, uh, that's just a place that you, underground, to me, is, it has a very negative connotation. That's the first thought. But once you're down there and you're in the venues... What was that Yelp and- review? Remember, Greg? <laughs> there's a review on Yelp where a tourist went to uh, underground... And something like Kevin Kinney was the one who brought it up to us when he was on one of our demo shows years ago. Uh, and in the the Yelp review said something like, "I would rather be hit in the head with a sock full of quarters <laughs> than go back to this place." What is it? Sorry, <laughs> Quentin Tarantino movie, sock full of quarters. <laughs> but I mean, that was yeah, yeah. Underground's interesting because it has this negative connotation to it, and I don't think that has really existed in quite a while. But it's also not accessible. Yeah, and there's nothing really else around. Where there's do you no park to lure you there? You you take Prior Street and then you park off of the MLK Junior Drive, whatever it's called, in one mm. of the parking lots on the third level. If you park there, you can walk straight into the alley. It's pretty cool. Okay, so I wish do they, them, still, uh, you do know, they still have. Uh, hell, yes, purgatory, yeah, yeah. The three separate rooms are heaven, hell, and purgatory, and they're all on the same, all on the same level now, though, right? Not like it used to be heaven, yeah, hell, yeah. and so they were up three f- floors. Yeah, like uh, hell purgatory's and, in the middle, heaven yeah. at the top, hell, baseball. Well, hell and hell and purgatory were on the same level but different sides. Okay, heaven was upstairs, the big room. Now, revealing that I would never actually been to the masquerade. I was supposed to go a few <laughs> times for. Regular guys, Halloween went. parties or whatever, and I always too close to downtown, right? Just always skip those. No, I just don't know. It's just I don't. I just never. Apparently, no one ever played there that drew me right. in. You know, I'm already thirty you know, something. I, when they I got say here. it's a temporary move, but I don't know. But of course, there's no music park. But there's no music park. There was oh, a music park. Mass Grade is awesome. Yeah. Well, here you go. Um, this was just from November 24th of this year. Um, <laughs> I read the reviews. I knew what I was in for. I was still surprised at how sad Underground Atlanta is. <laughs> I wandered in here since I, it was close by, and it was deserted. Over half the storefronts were empty, yeah. and of the ones that were occupied, the goods were not good. And it goes on. But yeah. so, so yeah, in the seventies, they tried. Yeah. Remember, you can walk around with your alcohol. It's an open. Yeah, uh, they try to make it like a pedestrian <laughs> thing, you know, like a. Uh, in in I, now my 
assumption is in the 60s and the 70s, this was a big attraction. People actually, when there was law and order downtown, yeah. uh, uh, people actually went there, and it was a tourist attraction, and I think it must have been successful for some period I mean, of time 20 years before ago, the suburbs started growing and people just went somewhere else. 20 years ago, when I first moved there, I remember going down there shopping at one point, point. Yeah. and it was actually, it was all shops, and there was a food court, and it was you all You lived? That. You didn't feel threatened? Or no, anything not like at all. Not at all. See, I've never been down there. I only, I only know the reputation. I could go down there and have a wonderful time. All I well, know is- of it's interesting yeah the, the fact that it was built you know it was uh the post-civil war reconstruction and i think the city was growing pretty quickly and you know they just built on top of things so there is an interesting history there um if you're into that kind yeah, of but thing I can but read i guess about that. i guess it's difficult to go look at it and try to imagine that when it's just a mall that's boarded up all i know is the neighborhood around it is the one of the only neighborhoods i've ever seen where street vendors are selling socks and for some reason, that puts me off. <laughs> the idea that people are out on the streets selling <laughs> pairs of socks says Moreland. to me, I might, as, Avenue, I, sock guy. Yeah, I might as well be in Tijuana when you show me a guy <laughs> on the street selling socks. So I just people my do scene. It. Look, just walking to the subway station that's a few blocks, not the closest one to me, but there's a guy who sets up a table and sells belts every day, and I don't know if he's really selling that many at all. Maybe it's a front Maybe it's a front for something illegal that he's selling. Yeah, but he needs a better front, like watches, yeah. you know, yeah. belts. I mean, I'm sure every once in a while a businessman is like, oh, I'm on the way to, I'm, you know, this is a really good meeting. This belt's old. The last minute. Yeah. You know. <laughs> I mean, it's a high traffic area because I'm near Barclays Center, um, but... Also, yeah, people are going to a Nets game. Like, oh, I need a belt for the game. Yeah, game. of course. Going to see the New York Islanders. Got to get a new belt on the way. It's an impulse purchase. You would, th- you <laughs> would think. I mean, I mean, what I'm saying is, if you're setting up on the yeah. sidewalk like that, that would yeah. be an impulse purchase. And I don't think a belt is an impulse I think you'd be, purchase. Yeah, you'd be better off to sell them like just outside of Wall Street, Wall and Broad. Yeah. You know, somebody may be going to a meeting and, and need and a good belt. The turnover in belts they, they last at least a couple of years. My They're pretty belt, good. My yeah. belt. I don't know. I've been wearing this damn thing. I don't know. It's 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 torn. It's tattered. I just don't even think about it. No. Every once in a while, maybe when I'm putting it on, I go, "Wow!" Because the the part where you, the part where you clasp it in, you know, the holes. I mean, it's so worn and tattered. Every once in a while, I think, you know, I need to get a new belt. But once I have it on and I'm walking around, it never occurs to me until the next day when I put my belt on. How old's your belt, Nick? Uh, How old's your belt? We have a new game show here. <laughs> well, normally I have a belt with a bit of rock and roll going on, like a bigger buckle and stuff. But this oh, is yeah. just a plain. Macy's, I don't know, fifteen dollar belt that I bought for some dress pants. You know, what and I it's would become like, my go to belt. When I was a teenager, I was two really, years maybe. I was really into the rock and roll belt buckles. I'd love to go back. And, you know what happens to these things over the years? But I would have like, you know, I'm sure at one point I had a fog hat belt buckle. Yeah. You know, something along those lines. And I would love to go. I know at one point I had a marijuana leaf, and I was twelve. <laughs> I had a marijuana leaf belt buckle. Uh, so you hadn't started smoking at that point, right? I'd only done it once or twice. Uh, okay, I was twelve after all. I wasn't a habitual user yet. Yeah, but you grew up fast. We know that because you're mm. tall. You know, I was tall. Yeah. Yes, Greg. The belt I'm wearing now, I've I've had for about twenty years. Uh, I think I got it when I was fifteen. Now <laughs> I've cycled through other belt? belts. <laughs> I've cycled through other belts, but I've kept this. Yeah, one. you keep coming back and to this one. Do you do well, you like it's the been belts? In service? What's that? Go ahead, sorry, guys. It's your home belt. 
the one no, you keep asking, going you back for. Nick. Yeah, do you like the belts that the guy is selling? Would you buy one if you say that twenty year old? Yeah, belt they're good belts. Are they good belts south. or are they just? Uh, is he? Is it a con? Are they really? They look like they're leather, but they're actually plastic or something. Yeah, I feel like it could be like you know when I finally got rid of that wallet, the same wallet you've had now for probably oh, fifteen my years, sixteen long, years, long as my belt certainly. Um. Uh, that was a pretty good wallet. Mine I had for a while, and it started ripping. So the next one I got, I ordered it online, and it looked like it was leather, but it started peeling. So mm. yeah, that one was crap, and it lasted like three months. What is that? Is this some sort of plastic when it starts peeling like that? Yeah, or sometimes it's got it's that like, weird cloth underneath it. Yeah, there's like a weird leather coating to it. <laughs> PVC. Yeah. So or these, these belts may be in that same category. Yeah, I'm sure they are. I'm sure they're not the best belts money can buy. I mean, where does the guy go to get belts? They have to be hot, right? <laughs> like somebody just holds up some sort of a truck that's on its way to a on the turnpike, <laughs> some sort of haberdasher, uh, and they've got ties and belts. And, I mean, you never in the Sopranos did you ever see a truck held up for belts? So I mean, uh, hey, uh, I remember one year when I was. Uh, uh, I think 10 years old, our Christmas, we had a great Christmas. Everybody got electronics, you know. My sister got a stereo. I got a, a really cool, it was a black and white TV, but it had an orange casing. Yeah. And it was, so I got a TV for my room. You know, I was 10 years old and uh, just over the air. We didn't have a thing called cable vision back then. Uh, and my brother got something, every electronics, and I found out years later that, you know, my dad, who was a con man, <laughs> He just knew people, and they had these hot products, and they'd knocked over some 18-wheeler or something, yeah. not, not with the driver, but probably just one sitting around waiting to be unloaded. And uh, so da- he, he knew people who had these hot items, and that's why that year we just got everything wonderful. Whenever so. my dad was suspicious of any goods anybody he knew had, he would say, oh, that fell off the back of a lorry. That's it. There you go. That's what happened. That's how I got my one of my best Christmases. Yep. Fell off the back of a lorry. Yeah. <laughs> right and into not, my father's head. Yes. In my father's hands. But I didn't get a belt. Or maybe this that's the year I got this belt. Probably not, since my waist was about, uh, I don't know what, at 10. For me, the belts, after what happens is the holes either rip or something like that happens. Yeah, that's how mine are yeah. getting. They get po- po- torn and frayed. As we get belt older, talk. the belts are See, under. This is yes. good. This is a good switch of topics. Instead of politics, we're talking about belts. We're talking I belts. Belt, I don't know if belts has ever been talked about in this depth. I, I think I want to have a, a spinoff podcast, Talking Belts. Oh, you know, you could, you, could get, you could get celebrities on the phone and ask them yeah, what belts they wear. Absolutely. I guarantee that Donald Trump's belt's got to be a $200 belt. There's least. a story there. Donald Trump's belt. By the way, now what he did is he, he turned us toward politics there, right after you no, just I, said I, that. No, no, no. Don't go into it. Really? You know, well, there was it? a lot going on with him this, yesterday. Come I mean, on now. You know, yeah. there's, there's always a lot going on. There's going to be plenty no, going I'm on. No, I'm not talking always... about I'm not talking about the craziness and whether there's a racist in the cabinet. I'm not talking about that stuff. I'm talking about um going to carrier corporation yeah. and I'm just going to say this to people. They're crying. They're crying back there. I'm just going to say this. This is why you voted for him. I know that you love this. But let me just tell you something that I know as a libertarian spirit. Um this is not. This is politics. It's not economics, and that's all it is. It's a show. It's a show. It's politics, and beware what went on behind the scenes, and beware the fact that you have a president now. What's he going to do to your company if you don't flatter him and if you don't mm-hmm. agree with him? Now, in order to be in business in America, you have to be on the right side of the president of the United States. Oh, wait a minute. He's not the president of the United States. No. We don't know by what authority he brokered this deal with uh, the, this corporation, but it's, uh, it, you know, I'm, I'm not going to go too far on this. I mean, there's positives, right? People have jobs. 
Yeah, people have jobs. You know, what the, you what they, see, what you see is the people who have jobs. Yeah. What you don't see is the damage that's done to the wider economy. For instance, what if now I know, uh, well, if I want to get tax breaks, I go to the president and threaten to leave the country. Mm-hmm. Like now, there's leverage. It's all bargaining. To de- and what about the people mm-hmm. who are just already? That they're not moving out of the country. They just already are setting up their manufacturing. It's already been set up. It's already, you know, like Ivanka Trump, who has a line of clothing that's made not in America. But she doesn't have the problem of moving out of America because she's not in America. She's already out. So she doesn't have to worry. So the president's not going to come down hard on her, obviously. So I I just, it's one of these things where (laughs) when a populist is popular, it doesn't matter. And I'm not going to ruin my ratings by being the guy saying, hey, it's bad that he saved a thousand jobs. All I'm saying is it's politics. It's not economics. And from what I know about this world, sooner or later, the rubber meets the road. Gravity works. And the economy has to run the way the economy really runs. And all you're doing is you're taking a guy and saying, well, we didn't like it that he picked winners and losers because he picked Solyndra. And he was trying to force us to go uh, solar. And so he picked a winner and gave them money, and then they lost the money, and now we have nothing for it. Rather than saying we reject that idea, we, what we want is we want business people to make decisions in their best interest in a, in a free market. Instead, we've just said, well, we'll get rid of this one. We don't, now, it's not that we disagree with picking winners or losers. We just think that guy Obama picked the wrong winners and losers. And now we're going to put our guy in there. And he's going to pick the winners that we like because it's going, you know, they're industrial jobs. But there are other reasons besides the fact that Barack Obama was born that industrial jobs have been going away. And, uh, you know, while the times are good, populists are always popular. And I'm not going to ruin my ratings being the guy saying, oh, it's not a good thing for a thought. But but I will tell you that this is not. That's all I'm going to say. This is not economics. It's politics, not economics. That's what I'm going to say. You're going to love this. That point you made about Carrier and uh, the deal that was brokered with Trump. You, you, you made the same point as Bernie Sanders and his opinion piece. No, with the I Washington didn't. Post. Go ahead, but I, I didn't because I disagree with him. I disagree I'm just with saying him. that you, you were on that, on that topic. You're on a bone. No, because Bernie Sanders is the same thing as Trump. It's just that he wants to always just. No, I'm just people. saying that he wrote that same making the same point. Well, no, I, I know that, but his problem is that they were kept there with tax incentives and things like that, which, in reality, Mike Pence is the governor of Indiana, so he, it was okay for him to have the authority to do that. Here's the problem. They tried to do that before elect, uh, Trump was elected, and it didn't work, so now they're doing it to curry favor. On Bernie Sanders, his problem is he never wants a corporation to be incentivized because he hates them. So what he 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 was totally for beat the crap out of them uh. because they're businesses and I hate businesses. Neither of those are the way to go. The way to go is to have broad economic principles and plans that are free market oriented as much as you can in this society. That basically you're never going to have a libertarian state. What I say is Get as much free markets as you can when you can get them. It doesn't turn on a dime. You don't go from Wednesday, we're going to lose a 1,000 jobs, to Thursday, we're going to keep them, which feels really good. A good economy takes some time, Mm -hmm. and then what happens is you look in the rearview mirror after three years and go, hey, things are really 
going well and people are investing their money and taking risk with their money. People who hate corporations don't understand that in order to keep the economy going, people who have money need to look around and go, I think it's worth taking a risk with my money. Now I'm now it's just about who does the president like? And it gets us into this situation where, you know, uh, I always say, if you're waiting for the president to get you a job, you keep on waiting. Good luck, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> and that's true for 99.9% of the people who are still working in the United States of America. But if he can keep generating headlines like this, he's going to be popular as long as the economy is relatively good and as long as people are feeling better. They like the idea that this guy cares about them, and I get that, and that's why he was elected. Uh, I make better deals. But there's a lot of corporations in this country, a lot of companies. This country, you know, I don't That's think the funny that, thing. Well, he care. I he. I think that. I don't know. Again, I, I can't. Get, I can't get into another man's mind. I don't know what he's really thinking. Certain parts of his speech yesterday, where he was like, "Oh, you see them back there. They're crying. They're crying back there. They're so happy." And then he talked about how they said to Donald, "Well, the plant's already built in the other country." Yeah, and he's like. Oh, that doesn't matter. Just sell it. Just just rent it. Hey, right. knock it down. Who cares? Yeah. Like, Aren't they still losing jobs? When they're like 2,400 jobs and 1,000 are staying. The, yeah, 1,000 are staying, but it's still, you know, Pay what I'm saying is when, 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 when you have a populist who's popular, it's not going to do you any good to go out there and say, you know, 200 people still lost their job because they're going to say 1,000 people kept their jobs. Mm. So it would have yeah, been, it it really, been 1,200. What I'm saying is, like all things in the economy, the part that's that's not good, that's not going to make headlines, won't be known for six months or a year or a year and a half because that's how the economy actually works. If you can create the illusion that you are actually keeping stuff here right now, um, like I say, it'll work as a, you know, Hugo Chavez. The master Chavez, of illusions. He's the David Copperfield, the politician. <laughs> well, he's not even a politician, but of politics now. I think the whole thing with Trump is an illusion. And, you know, are people ever going to look past the headlines? What if they, he keeps making deals like this right. and the headlines say, look how great he is, then sure, he'll be fine if people it's, don't start to pay attention. No, no, no. It's not a matter of paying attention. It's a matter of how does the overall economy go? If, and if you save a business and jobs, how they, do they do down the line? Yeah, but that's, you know, you know nobody, nobody's going to go back in three years. Yeah. You get the hit. You get the hit that you get right now, and he's not even in office. And basically, for people, in reality, now let's go to what's, what, why is it popular? What people like about it is they're sick and tired of the academics and the economist and everyone talking about things that I talk about, the overall economy and what's good for whatever. And they're like, does anybody care about me, me and my family? And when that is the part that is attractive is that Donald Trump jumped in there and said, I don't care about your social science theories. I care about the fact that 1,000 people are going to lose their jobs and I'm going to do something about it. And if Hugo Chavez was still alive and oil was still selling at $120 a barrel, Hugo Chavez would still be quite popular with his people. The people who are around, who are in the streets in Venezuela have not had a political uh, sort of awakening. It's just that it was working very well before for them, mm-hmm. and it's not working now. And when it was working very well before them, they had a leader who was saying, the reason it's working is because I care about you first, and I'm fighting the big bully, America. And it's not a political awakening. And Donald Trump, as long as he does this, as long as people feel that their lives are getting better in some way, 
incrementally or or a lot, it's going to be popular. If it doesn't, if it's if it if it doesn't, then it just looks after a couple of years like a bunch of talk, and it never really affects me. And, so and we'll see. Of, there's there's our Trump talk for this show. We yeah. All right. Talk. Okay. All right. You're, all right. You're I mean, right. There, is, there is so much. I, I, I'm trying to put an end to it, but now I'm thinking about his dealings with Pakistan and the conversation that he apparently had. Yeah. And it just, I don't want to get into it anymore, but it's just there. Well, that's like, you know, that's another thing. I just want from look. I just look. What we're not doing is we're not talking about racism and xenophobia and all this cartoon nonsense. We this is the one thing that I say. I want to be able to analyze. And criticize this guy based on the re- the real things. Facts. And what you just brought up is another important thing. You know, the fact that there were stalled Trump properties for a couple of years that are suddenly not stalled. And the president says, the pre- president-elect says, no, he's not the president-elect yet, but let's not be too, let's just call him the president-elect. Let's go along with things. Call him the president-elect. Uh, he, he says, I'm going to remove myself from my business. His last name is his business. You know, Trump has not been really building things for quite a while now. What it is now is I want to build something, right? And if I just build a a thing and call it the, you know, one of those fancy names they have for buildings, you know, for apartments, you know. The The Carlton. Yeah, the Carlton, right. That's not going to be as important. Or sell as much as if I can put the name Trump on it. And so for the last some years of, I don't know exactly what, of his business, he hasn't really been doing the building. He's been licensing his name mm-hmm. to other builders, and which helps them. They find it helps them to attract clients, get people to live in the buildings, because his name is associated with a lot of great buildings that he has built over the years. It's not as if I mean, he hasn't built buildings. The, but that's, the buildings- that's my point. Yeah. The buildings here that they took the name off, Trump name off of them, their apartment buildings. And they, well, I guess they're like, you know, people. I don't know if they're actually rental units or purchased, whatever. They're on the Upper West Side. There was like a row of four of them. Trump's name prominently featured, uh, you know, since the election started, New York being liberal, that has since come down. But I, I went in one of those buildings for the Fourth of July because it overlooks the Hudson River and you could see the fireworks. They're crap. I yeah. mean, this is, I know this isn't his construction. This is something that he just licensed his name to. Yeah, they were crap. Yeah. This is like, it was newer (laughs) construction, but it would seem cheap. Yeah. Well, I mean, it was was nothing fancier than that apartment I used to live in on 1660 Peachtree. So it's like, that wasn't an awful place, but that's not like a lap of luxury. And this is supposedly a Trump building. So it is interesting for a while that that did work. It lured people in because. Well, and and the thing is, that's why when you talk about uh, places, uh, things, there's also, I believe there's uh, some. A, a thing that wasn't that was stalled that's now going to move forward in I want to say the state of not the country of Georgia I could be wrong somewhere over in that area there's uh, one in Argentina I think that is moving forward the thing is in liberal Manhattan that name may not be something you'll be associated with but if you're a builder in Argentina or the country of Georgia to have the name of the newly elected president of the United States. They're not involved in our politics. Uh-uh. That's just the name that matters. And so for him to say, I'm removing myself completely from the running of my company, but the running of his company really is about licensing his last name. So I find that to be troublesome. Again, I say all of this with the caveat of knowing that I'm whistling uh, in the wind because 
he was elected to use that name. Basically, that was the idea. I'm going to use my last name now for your interest as a factory worker. And let me tell you something. You read this stuff with, uh, you know, what's going on around that carrier plant and people, you know, hey, that guy came into office and the first thing he did, Obama came into office and the first thing he did was say, climate change is going to kill us in 100 years. We have to do something. It didn't affect people. An an article I was reading about earlier, I found an area that I thought uh, was interesting. So here's a... Somebody is being quoted in this article. It is uncharted territory. What are you walking away from me while I'm talking there, Greg? How are you going to stay up with the conversation? I'm listening. All right. My headphones on. It's going to get another seltzer. <laughs> <laughs> Can't you line up your seltzers in a row before we get started? Keep going. It is uncharted territory for a president-elect to get involved personally in social engineering. And that's what this is. Social engineering with a single company. Said an advisor to a major corporation, no, said an advisor to major corporations, this is what I found interesting, who spoke on the condition of anonymity in order not to anger the incoming administration. Mm -hmm. In order not to anger the incoming administration. That's not something that you should have to think about in business. Does the president like me or does the president not like me? You should be thinking about, are my operations legal or are they not legal? But you shouldn't be thinking, I don't want to anger the president. So it's working now. I'm raising red flags. It's not going to be a big, I'm not going to, I'm not stupid. I understand populism and I'm not going to get out there and if you, uh, destroy my ratings by <laughs> telling people what they don't want to hear. But I'm going to raise these red flags. I'm going to raise them. I, lo- I looked up, I Googled Trump overseas properties and everything that comes up is all about Trump's uh, Trump overseas business interests subject to new scrutiny. Trump's overseas properties spark security fears. Donald Trump's far-flung holdings raise potential for conflicts of interest. Well, right, because a president is dealing with the world. Mm -hmm. And right now, a lot of Trump's businesses is selling his name to companies in other countries. He wants to be the president of the world. Yeah. Well, And outside of the the business aspect of this. Um, just foreign policy and relationships. I hope he listens to his advisors. Uh, I read a piece, you know, know, the sentiment towards the United States isn't always the most positive and other countries don't like it, but the United States was always known as being like the adult in the room. Yeah. (laughs) Now there's real fear, like, because there's like, oh, the United States, at least we know what we're getting from them. They're relatively stable. Um, and now there is this fear. Because people don't know what's going to happen with Trump. Well, you know? I, I think he's he's trying to surround himself with people who you could agree with them or disagree with them, but they're not. But is he going to listen new to them ultimately? I, uh, well, we'll find out. We'll find out. This whole thing back and forth over who the Secretary of State's going to be is kind of weird. I find it be kind of strange. But I feel like he's just he's just pawing at Romney. I do. Yeah. I brought this up the other day. I feel like though he's just like Romney's the mouse and another. Trump- but another thing could be that he looks at Romney as a guy that, you know, Romney was very good in business. And seasoned, Romney seasoned turned, guy. Yeah, he, he turned businesses around. I don't know why that would make him necessarily Secretary of State, but it would make a lot of sense to me. And I think he already named somebody else for this. I'm not sure. But if you said something like, hey, the VA system is broken, Mitt Romney, you go in there and fix it because he's a guy. What did he do all of his life? He took distressed businesses and bought them, turned them around and then sold them. Or got rid of them if there was nothing there. Mm-hmm. And also, he the Salt Lake City Olympic Games were in dire straits, and they, Mitt Romney got in there and not only made them successful, 
but I think they, we ended up making money off of something that looked like it was going to be a complete boondoggle. So I don't understand why he wouldn't. I can understand that a businessman could look at another businessman and say, you know what you're doing and you're good at what you do, so we want to use that. I can also see what you're saying. As Greg. long as you, yeah, as long as you publicly apologize for being mean well, to me. Well, that's the whole and then the thing. Job's yours. That's the whole thing. <laughs> the way to get to this guy is to flatter him. We've talked about this before with, with narcissists. Is you flatter him, and I can't get over the fact that his office in Trump Tower is nothing but pictures of himself <laughs> on magazine covers and gold and gold and 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 and, and, and awards. You know these awards. That you get that are just non, they're just, they're so stupid. I'm so, this, this will get us off this. I am so happy for what Bob Dylan is doing. I just, I'm so happy about it. He didn't show up. Obama had a bunch of the uh, uh, Nobel winners in, uh, that are in America and he had them in the Oval Office, I guess. And Dylan didn't show up. And when you look at, uh, for instance, Katy Perry, I saw a story the other day. Katy Perry receives UNICEF award. Hillary showed up and gave it to her. It's to me this idea. By that, the way, Katy Perry, who was a huge Hillary supporter, well, yeah, no, no, but that was the whole idea. Hillary showed up to give her the award. But my point is, don't accept awards. Don't. I. I I'm so like. I'm so much more drawn to like uh, George C. Scott. He won an Academy Award for playing Patton. And he didn't show up. And he said, I don't believe in competitions between actors. Yeah, but you know, the, people, it, the people who win awards genuinely are genuinely pleased to win them, and it's good well, for their I career, just, right? But it I mean, doesn't do – it doesn't <clears> – my point is, because somebody gives you a statue, <clears> doesn't mean anything. And it seems to me that this – you know, that's what Dylan understands. You know, there's people who like him and people who don't, who don't like him. And that's the way it's always going to be. The fact that the Nobel Peace people, not Peace, but Nobel Literature people give him their prize, he understands doesn't mean it didn't make his body of work better no. suddenly. Because it, it's, Dylan makes his music for himself. And if you dig it too, come along for the ride. And that's the right perspective. But it's, he did sell a lot more music after that. <laughs> Well, after that, got that award, and he got nine hundred grand. So there's, there's. I don't know that it. he's accepting that. I think you have to show up to get the uh, money. I don't know. I don't think they yeah, just you send you the money. money. I mean, it's going to be a bump in sales just because it's there's been interest to the forefront yeah. of yeah. yeah. But what um, I'm saying is, uh, these young people who are supposedly artists, what does that UNICEF award mean? Yeah. Has Katy Perry really made the world better in terms of UNICEF? Now, in terms of people who love her music, and maybe they're having a bad day, this is the problem with artists. They don't understand that what they do is enough. What they do is enough. They don't have to try to save the whales mm-hmm. or the world or the planet. The fact that they have music, that when somebody's in a bit of a rut... Brings you pleasure. Brings them pleasure and, and gets them motivated. That's enough. That's valuable. That is valuable. It, you don't have to become a politician or a, a goodwill ambassador or any of these things. Well, it's kind of about, like you said, most most artists are narcissists. So that's like it's yeah. the next step, isn't it? Yeah, I just think it's... Uh, you know. Uh, this is like inside baseball a little bit, but it's been a long time. When my buddy T. Shum was writing for The Tonight Show, uh, he told me the story <laughs> that after, as at the end of the show or whatever, Leno was walking out the door and he had to go uh, sort of emcee this affair where Billy Crystal was getting an award from somebody. It's like, uh, yeah, how many... How many awards does this guy mean? <laughs> Out there, that's all they, in Hollywood, they pat each other on the back. Sure. Like Tom Hanks showing up to get the freedom. Any of these guys. Uh, Ellen, 
You, you oh, won the, the she freedom. She was so emotional. I liked it. Why? Why are you emotional? What, what does it mean? Somebody gave you a medal. I, I just, I just honestly, I don't. It does make me dislike Ellen. It does. I, I'm right. just saying, from my point of view, I do not understand the idea that oh, you're going to win an award. You know these radio awards. I didn't get money. You know, I know. Well, they well, make, you know, basically what they do is they make <laughs> you. Radio people have it. They, they they need the ego boost. They make you <laughs> lobby for it. Basically, am I right now that now that it's over? Yeah, you have right? to submit. Yes. You, well, you, you know, you just members of the Georgia Radio Hall of Fame can vote for who they want in these. Right, but it's your job to let people know that they should pay the twenty five dollars so they can vote for you. Yeah, am yeah, I yeah. wrong? Or, or yeah. when you had the Air yeah. Awards when those were still around? We which never I know put them in. Tied to charity, I know that was tied to charity. By the also, way, by the like, way, which the regular guys never submitted anything for the Air Awards. We, that's the thing. We would you have show to up. Submit. It's like, oh, you yeah. want this award? Yeah. Well, here, send us send us a reel. We always felt that uh, radio. <laughs> Ratings are your like it's radio. Yeah. So if you stay on the air and you have a fan base and you keep getting more money, that's it. That's what you've done. Ratings are the award. They're the reward. They're, I, I just you're got, doing it right if you're getting I, ratings. I just got a statue. It's an Xfinity endorsement for twelve months next year. That's my new statue. Well, there you go. Right. Exactly. Yeah. They've chosen you. I praise my television. Absolutely. <laughs> that's what it's. That's commerce. Yeah. Like you're doing your job. <laughs> if you're uh, if you're an actor. And uh, you're in really good movies, and people love what you do. That's the award. That's the reward. Well, it's like Woody Allen wouldn't show up to the Academy no Andy Hall. No, he didn't. He, 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 that's another one. Aside from you know the allegations yeah, that everyone has, sure. But I mean, I, I appreciate the. <laughs> I appreciate. Blah, blah, blah. I appreciate the. Uh, the sentiment there, I really do, and I, I, ho- I, you know, I don't ever have to worry about it. So I don't. Maybe it's easier for me. You know, like I, I, can, been, I can I can come out against guys who cheat on their on their on their wives, right? But it's not as if it's not hard for me to not. People aren't throwing themselves at me, so I don't know what that's like. So there aren't people lining up to give me awards. So it's a lot easier to say to be able to see through it. But someone like Bob Dylan, he could show up and receive an award somewhere every week if he yeah. wanted to, and I just think it's awesome that he's not saying bad things about them. He's just ignoring them. It's no He's, surprise. Yeah. It's no surprise that Dylan's taking this this track. You know. Yeah, I, I, it's well. Sometimes when people get older, they get a little more sentimental. Oh, here's a, another reason I like it. Tony Bennett, who's ninety. <laughs> Miss Piggy's singing partner. No, I just saw him on the Macy's Day Parade. They had the NBC uh, Christmas tree lighting show. Oh yeah, I saw him. He sang a chestnuts roasting. What's that called? A Christmas song or whatever. He was awesome. 90 years old, he belted that song out. It's amazing. His voice is still great. So on NBC next week or something, I'm not exactly sure when, they're doing a Tony Bennett special. And Paul McCartney's going to be on it. But guess who's going to be there? Bob Dylan. Bob Dylan made time to be on Tony Bennett's 90th because that's something that's cool, yeah. right? He digs yeah, Tony Bennett. respect there. He's respecting yeah. it. And he's not going to give him an award. They're just doing a special. No Tony pan- Bennett's 90. They're going to sing songs. No pandering. Just going to do it. Yeah. So I I admire that point of view. And But again, I'm never gonna, no one's ever going to want to give me an award for anything. So it makes it a little bit easier for me, and I recognize that. But I do admire people like this. And I see Katy Perry. She's crying because Hillary gives her the UNICEF. Like, what, uh. what? You really think that you're changing the globe. You're changing the planet. And you deserve awards. Even if you, let's say you do go and you help small children in an African village and you build a well. Great. Then you go accept an award for it? Yeah. Well, I mean, if she were to do that, 
Well, yeah, whatever she does, she's a goodwill yeah, ambassador. The, the reward, the, 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 but, but I'm saying, if 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 someone like Katy Perry would go build that well, it wouldn't just be done anyway in private. There would be cameras, it'd yeah. be documented, it'd be shown across the country. The reward, yeah, the reward, and anything like that. And I noticed because I'm involved in something like that and yeah. in India with my uh, learning tea project. The reward is that a girl who was not, was basically an orphan, lowest caste girl in India, is now teaching for a living. Right. Because we put her into school. That's, that's the, the reward. That's the reward. That, that's part of the that's reward. The... And the other reward is a major motion picture. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Maybe. Hopefully, yeah. I think I, you, I'm you, you, this, McGregor, you uh, and McGregor should play me. I just yes, want to say that. Yeah. Absolutely. Because I've he... been watching these, you know, the theater down the street for me. The Brooklyn Academy of Music has been showing a lot of those MGM musicals. So yeah, I know you're in the musicals and... now, man. What's that? You're in the musicals now. Well, yeah, like and I, I no really girlfriend, but I'm not saying anything. Go ahead. Yeah, hey. No, I'm going with the girl, uh, oh, Christina, really? the girl, the native Bushwick girl. Oh, um, wow. But uh, I went, so I saw it, American Paris, and then Singing in the Rain, and you know I'd seen those before. It was nice to see them on the screen. Uh, the point here is Gene Kelly. Obviously, a lot of awards and honors throughout his life. But because I'm into it a little bit more, I was reading about him. And his death, after he died, cremated, no memorial service, no funeral. And I know that's like, wow, cool. That's the way to do it. Yeah, <laughs> I'm out of here. I'm not. Yeah, exactly. Look, I understand that sometimes, you know, memorial service is for the people who are still alive so that they can mourn. But I like the idea, that at least in his mind, and I don't know if this was necessarily in his will, but if it's there, it's like, it doesn't need to be a fuss. Like, yeah. I feel like I would put that in my will. It's like, no, if you want to have a memorial service for yourself yeah. to make you, if hopefully there are people who care about me, I'm not on the level of Gene Kelly where hundreds, if not thousands of people would not show up. Yet. Not yet. I was like, yet. if you want to do it, that's up to you, but I don't need that. I was like, just yeah. let me go. It's I know done. a guy, a local musician who passed away recently, a guy called Sasha, who was 37 years old. In his will, he didn't want any fuss at all, and so his family honored it. No, yeah. no service, nothing. Yeah, well, that's what's yeah. uh, that's to me. That says you you have perspective. Yeah, you know about the world and yeah. your place in it, and you know do the best you can. Uh, that's what you, do the best you can. Do good work, right? Yeah, to do what you can. Get but, up every day and do the best you can, and if you don't succeed, why, try again tomorrow. What, what is Katy Perry doing for the world uh, that I'm not doing crap for the world? Pop music. <laughs> well, I don't know. I don't care about that. I mean, no, she's like, top of the line. People like her music. That's fine. No, I get it. I get it. But The the best of the crap. (laughs) I think what what I hate about it is, yeah, Katy Perry, you're a great singer and performer and you make great pop music, but you're not a great world person. Like, you don't deserve to have a UNICEF award. Right. Well, I mean, she's a goodwill ambassador, whatever the hell that means. Yeah. You know? Well, maybe because you're talking about artists, though, and I'm not saying she's not talented, but is she really an artist? I don't... I know her songs. She is she an artist. Is I would say that she is an artist because it's more than just the songs. It's the presentation. It's the stage no, I show. I get all that, but that's she, show business. But I'm saying, like, you listen, I, I don't know really her music, like terms of analyzing it and the lyrics, but is it just about boyfriends and breaking up and things like this? Or Maybe, but <laughs> girls like those kind of songs. Yeah. I know that. I'm not, I'm not even putting that down. All I'm saying is she's doing these things possibly because she is that person. She wants to help and maybe she feels like she's not necessarily doing it. Well, I've always felt like that. Like with actors, I, I, I don't know about musicians so much because I think, well, no, it's probably true with musicians as well, but I know with actors, you know, you catch a break, right? You're in a, you're in the right sitcom and it just happens to be on for yeah, eight right years. Place, right time. A lot of times. Right script. Even if you're very talented, the fact is you, you know, De Niro met Scorsese. So, you know, like you, you feel Every actor who's a gazillionaire knows 10 actors who are poor, and he also knows those actors are as good as he is, yeah. or she. 
And well, if, I if think, not better. If not better. And I think that the way that they compensate for that is I'm going to save the Dolphins. Or I'm going to, you know what I mean? Like, I'm going to do something with you know, mine that well, isn't about just your, about How me. you help your friends. If they really are talented. I'm yeah, not saying well, I'm sure they do. They, they do. They give them little roles. And Tom Hanks gives that other guy in Bosom Buddies, Peter Scolari, a role <laughs> here or there. Can, I, say, hey, can I say one Adam thing? Adam did that crap. Let me say one thing on Katy Perry, okay? Yes. If by, if by her being given this award, it somehow turns all of her fans onto a great cause. That's how they justify it. That's it. what I like about but it. But that's how they, that, to me, I think that's, if you asked her, she would say, I don't accept it for myself, but the fact that it's in the news, then people know. I saw it in the news. I still don't know what the hell she does. <laughs> yeah, right. She's a goodwill ambassador yeah, for the yeah. UN. I don't know what that means. I mean, if a celebrity puts their name behind a charity that really does something, sure. then, you know, that's Hey, you know what? Jerry Lewis, you know what? He did that from the 1950s, <laughs> and he's still, in his own way, doing it now. Okay? Yeah. That's a guy who was committed to a cause. Greg's leaving. He put his finger up. He's like, put, put his headphones down. He's... Well, the, the, I was going. I don't normally do this, and I didn't want you to stop the show. I was trying to signal that I would be back since there's a video element that you can see. Um, but I had to pull a Tim Andrews. Too much seltzer. Too much seltzer. You got to go to the restroom. I'll, I'll be right back. Well, make sure you close the door. I don't know if it's in the camera shot, but I don't. It's straight back. Yeah, I don't. I don't want to see that. Oh no, yeah, but it's to the right, so I would just see the there door. There he goes past the fridge. You see, I would be. It would take me. I couldn't tell you guys I was going to do that. He did close the door. Oh no, there it is. Lights on. Lights on. But then they closed the door again. And so there he is. He's in there. He's uh, probably <laughs> pulling the junk out about now. And, everything uh, is five feet away in that apartment. Well, it's New York, you know. Seems like a nice apartment. Yeah. He always has the same record on the player. He doesn't listen and, to all and, uh, and the the uh, <laughs> the 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 needle is on the record, but the record's not moving. Yeah, it's at it, the very end of the record. It's by the label. Yeah. And I think that, what, is that, is that just fashion? I think whenever there's a young lady that comes by. He plays that Flaming Lips record? Or he's like, hey, that avant-garde I, I, I Flaming listen Lips? To, I listen to vinyl. I wonder yeah. how many records he owns. I would like to ask him. He started collecting them a while ago, oh, okay. so he probably has a few. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's, got, he's got an okay taste in music. I want to find out what that record is. It's a Flaming Lips record. It's probably limited edition because it's I believe red vinyl. It's pink, I think. I think it's Yoshimi versus the oh, yeah. pink, robots. pink Robots. Great album. I believe. We'll ask him when he comes back. They have a new but one coming uh, up. I know. Yep. Yeah, I saw the uh, video. Very uh, erotic. Awesome. <laughs> As usual. And there's something going on with that guy, Wayne Coyne. His girlfriend's like 26. So you got divorced. I don't know. Your girlfriend's 26, so I don't want to say. But Wayne Coyne's 27. 10, 10 years older than you, just about. So I think that uh, he got on the source again of certain Varieties. Yeah, he claims he doesn't get high that much. Because I remember seeing a show. It was the what's that festival down on the beach in Alabama? The uh, oh, I oh, know. I know what you're talking yeah, about. Anyway, so he's they're playing that festival when they were doing that Pink Floyd album a couple of years ago, Dark yeah. Side of the Moon, yeah. which in it of itself is a feat to do anyway. Yeah, but he looked absolutely baked out of his mind. Yeah, you know, just, the thing is, he's always talking how he doesn't smoke pot, but uh-huh. I think he's like he drinks absinthe and things like that. So, uh, uh, is that a Flaming Lips record on the record player? Greg? Uh, behind me, yeah. Now, here's the thing. It's Every always time, the same. It's always the same record, and you have the needle on the record, in the middle but it of, doesn't play. It's just like, is that uh, a fashion it, statement of some kind? It plays. I don't know why the needle's there. It's probably just laziness. I was listening to it, and then I it ended, and I just turned it off and then put the needle back I on the cradle, or the arm back on. Look, I, it's not a good record player. That's why... It's always the same album. It's not even for decoration or show. I did listen to it, 
but it's one of those old like uh, you would find yeah. in the school library. Yeah, it's a yeah. self-contained record player. It's like it is a record player, not a turntable. With a, it has a lid and a handle. And yeah, so you can once. move it. From, so you can move it from class to class. Yeah, you, yeah, yeah. So it's not even that good. So that's why it doesn't change. Now, can you add speakers to it? Is there any way to add speakers to it? Because it's probably got it's probably got a so. good receiver. There's no it. outs with those. Yeah. There's no, there's not. There's so no I mean, there's a headphone uh, jack, so you could conceivably oh. use a quarter inch and put speakers on there. Oh, yeah. So you could, I wonder I how well it would sound I, because those old. The, that's like a seventies unit, right? Yeah, Caliphone. I got yeah. it from uh The guts I of it are probably pretty damn sturdy. I think they are, especially if it's a portable one. You know, they yeah. probably built a little differently. I don't know if this place is still there. It was next to it was near trackside in Decatur. There was a store oh, that's Oh no, thing. it's not there anymore. But you know, like, I used to, I used to go there because I used to have one of those at the shop at Dr. Bombay's and I used to go there to get the needles, get the stylus. Yeah, the, I bought but, it there for But the that place has been a hair bucks. salon and a clothing boutique since then. Oh, it's just one of those places that never goes. That's a, yeah. It seems like every community has this one uh, location, location uh, which you would think, because there is traffic, there's a restaurant in my hometown. It's on the corner <laughs> of a very busy area. There, there are restaurants yeah, around it that have been around forever. This place is on the corner right near Agnes Scott Girls College. It's right. right. Of, 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 There's just always one location that no matter what. It's, don't work. This thing is like built to be a restaurant. So it's been, I don't know, eight different restaurants over the last 20 years. Yeah. Just won't work. And there are restaurants all around it that have been there forever that do just fine. You know, Virginia Highlands in Atlanta, very busy neighborhood. The bars always work. Bars are super popular. Yeah. It's nighttime crowd. But the, the the storefronts, man, they come and go like crazy. Even Bill, well, Bill Holman moved, but like yeah, a lot of different those, things come and go all the time. A lot of those in the storefronts, they t- in a place like Virginia Highlands, I think they, they fool themselves. They go to someplace like Melrose in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. And they fool themselves into thinking that boutiques are going, you know, Los Angeles has got way more foot traffic than anybody else. And people who have money yeah. are walking that. And it just seems like look, your little boutique shop, your little haberdasher, second time I've used that word on this uh, podcast, it's not going to work. It's not going to work. Or it'll be a haberdashery, I believe. Yes. It's not going to work yeah. in a situation like that. It's too much. The rent is too much. Yeah. You know, and how many hats are you going <laughs> to are you going to sell in a month to actually be able to pay the rent? Aren't they always like these sort of boutiques yeah. that have like a, a, I, a real niche kind of deal? And the rent is probably sky high in those places. In L.A., definitely. And here, and I know Atlanta's rent's going up, but, you know, Nick, you know better than this. Well, the but even that, little, that little strip where uh, Dr. Bombay's is, how, do you know how rents have changed there or even what you've well, experienced? Well, somebody, uh, Clay Harper, who owns uh, Fellini's, bought our our building yeah the buildings there including the flying biscuit i believe but so he's he, your landlord basically? he's our landlord but yeah. he, he didn't up our rent any there well he's an artist and uh um, he's an artist he's made he's so an much artist money like from fellini's he's fellini's in lafonda yes. yeah. house in france and a house in san francisco i think it'd probably be cool for him i've never met him but i know people know him yeah it seems like the type of person that just wants to own a cool yeah, district a good i don't guy, think he, i don't think he'd sell out to like oh let's put a cvs here yeah, I just well, that, well, that strip, but you would, couldn't put a CV. You had to but knock will, that down. Hopefully, but I will say this: I know that our rents are way cheaper than Virginia Highlands. Way cheaper. Yeah, you know. Oh yeah, no, definitely. I I assume that Virginia Highlands was one of the first neighborhoods that strip there uh, on North Highland probably mm-hmm. had some of the highest rents. You know, when when I, whenever I've walked that area and you, you you look in and you go, who goes into the store? Just like, do, do they sell four pairs of pants a, a month? In the Highlands? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, you never walk into it. Wow, that store is packed. 
and they're all teeny. It, it would take eight people for the store to be packed. Yeah, yeah. And it just I, how much foot traffic? I guess people walk the Highlands, right? But it is I know they do, but it's predominantly nighttime. People, yeah, it's a destination yeah, it's, for it's most people. Bar, uh, little five points. I feel like a boutique would work, work a bit better because people do tend to yeah, wander around there bit. just to there's, see it. Yeah. There's cornerstone businesses in little five points that have been there for years. You know, Criminal Records and sure, but they've moved. They've moved several times. Well, they moved to a larger, larger location. That's all. Yeah, they're still they around. The smaller right? one yeah. just recently, Criminal. Yeah, wasn't the one that was like, is that where Aurora is now? Or no, where they used to be? A, they used to be next to Aurora. All right, that, I thought and that was the, a bigger space. And they no, no, the, the, the new space is bigger than the old one. Is my movie okay. at the Criminal Records? I think it oh, is. Oh, I don't know. I, went, I was in there on Record Store Day, Black Friday, but I didn't, I didn't look in the DVD. Next section. time, check it out. I think it is. I'll check it out. Scarface Murder, Life Scarface, and Times, yes. and Crime. Yeah, that's, uh, Apparently, some people think it's a Scarface sequel. That's uh, fine with me. Amazon Prime doing well. Four say, and a half stars. Say hello to my little friend, I'm Kevin pretty, Kinney. I don't I haven't looked at the thing, but I mean it's uh fifty eight. That's pretty good. To have four and a half stars with fifty eight rate different yeah, no, it's uh, good. people. I told that's, you that that's good. You, if you it was were ten that I was gonna bring up a negative review and honestly no negative reviews have been posted since uh the ones that were just up there for a long time. I I don't yeah. know. Well, you I guess think about you, the other when Amazon. The, when you release the DVD, you know, I guess people could leave reviews, but now they can leave reviews because it's it's streaming on Prime. Right. Yeah. The other was uh, uh, we had to actually pull the other DVDs that were on Amazon before this could go on Amazon. But anyway, that's inside. Although while we're pushing stuff, I do want to take a moment here mm-hmm. and talk about the transition. Can I just say something real quick. You sure can. Driving and crying, December thirtieth, center stage. Yes, it's yep. the night before the night before. Center yeah. stage. Yeah, they're playing center stage. How is I, that room? Is always it's always great. To me. Center stage is a great concert. I don't room. know that I've ever oh, it's awesome. seen a show in there. Because it's, 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 uh, it's, it's right next to the vinyl, right? It's like a we little bowl. Vinyl is in front. Yeah. The loft is upstairs, and center stage is in the back. Okay. All in the same building there on West Peachtree. But, but center stage is one of the best venues because when you're seated, there's not a bad seat in the house because they're really steep. Yeah, and they go, they wrap around like in a semicircle, and then there's a great standing room on the floor. Great, uh, you know, general admission yeah. on the floor. It's awesome. Yeah, I'm thinking about going to that one. Yeah, you uh, you'll like that venue. Hopefully, I can get the drug test out of the way beforehand. Mm-hmm. I mean, I used to go. Uh, not that I would. You know, <laughs> you're going to set up a table and sell socks. No, you can sell socks and belts <laughs> and belts and scarlet smarter. Absolutely, driving yeah. and belts. I saw WCW wrestling at Center Stage. Me too. Once. We used to do '96 Rock Night there with the wrestling, and that guy Taldy worked with us. Used to wrestle. <laughs> but this was WCW before they got really oh, big. Oh, oh. Yeah, this it was, was before yeah. they got really big. Um, but uh, the place wasn't even filled. Like center stage, it's strange because it's you know it's not an arena. It is set up uh, so concerts. everyone's looking in the same direction. So the cameras were just pointing out to the crowd. But I swear that they filled in some seats with cardboard cutouts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the rest of the uh, wrestling. Those, was, were, those were just some of the fans. They the come across was, that way. The wrestling I was talking about wasn't as big as WCW. It was more of a local thing that was happening in the late 90s. Can I tell you, I cannot wrap my my mind around people who are just so into wrestling for so long. <laughs> There's somebody that I follow on Twitter. Seems like a nice enough guy. But, I mean, he's posting every day, and it's always about wrestling. It's either new wrestling or flashbacks to, hey, remember this from 1985? It's like, wow, how could you? I just, I can imagine going through a phase for a little while where I thought wrestling was cool, but then quickly going, all right, well, wrestling, done wrestling to me right now is, well, I know about it because I see posts about it. Wrestling is kind of like your classic rock where they bring in some of the older stars. Yeah. Like Goldberg is yeah. back, I think. Yeah. And yeah. It's been throwing some people that would, around. Yeah, but that was iffy. 
it's it's weird that I even know this because I don't watch wrestling now. I did put it on the other day though because I was curious. There was nothing else on TV. It's like, oh yeah, wrestling because I was a big fan in the '90s and as a kid, uh, so maybe the late '80s. Uh, the Goldberg thing was really to like promote a video game. Oh, it was just okay. a tie-in with him and Brock Lesnar. And they, good. they wrestled, but it was every time they would talk or give their interviews, they just promoted this game. Yeah. So they to try to sell these these people anything having it's to do with Christmas. wrestling. I just Look, wrestling was ahead of the curve, meaning it was just entertainment disguised as sports. Yeah, which is now. What News is, and you know, we talked about this in the other show. Everything's just entertainment now, yeah. Disguised as something else. Isn't there? So. Isn't there? Uh, isn't there some footage of? Didn't Donald Trump have a throwdown with yes. Vince McMahon years ago? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so that's your next. He's president. like outside of the ring, and he throws the guy on the floor, and he yeah. throws a few fake punches. <laughs> <laughs> God bless us, everyone. Uh. So. uh <laughs> Um, he was there. Pete Rose would always go to WrestleMania too and get. Uh, he would always get beaten up. That was the thing. Pete Rose shows up at WrestleMania and some wrestler beats him up in the ring. It's a a tradition. So I want to, you know, this transition yes. that we're going through, going into uh, January of 2017, trying to streamline things. I've been too many different places because I've been doing too many different things over the last three, four years. Spreading it thin. We got my. Facebook page. We got Eric Von Line. We're on SoundCloud. Where I have tw- two different Twitters. There's an Eric Von Line Twitter, and there's a, uh, it's too much. And by well, I have some changes going on around here in the early part of the year. Very yeah. early part changes. of the year. Yeah, changes. Changes. Kind of changes. Migration. You can call it some of it. Yes. Well, I'm going to need people to migrate. Mm-hmm. This is what I would call transition. I'm trying to streamline because basically. What's been happening is so I put the stuff I put the show on WSB's app and then I also put it on SoundCloud. Well, WSB can only count the WSB stuff and you can't trust SoundCloud because they have a bunch of bots and they tell you 80 million people are listening when they're not. And so we need everything as far as this show goes and whatever this show may become it needs to be off of the RSS feed that is the WSB feed. Doesn't mean you have to go to the app, doesn't mean you have to use the app. It just means that we have to only have one feed so that we can know exactly how many people are listening to each episode. So, for that reason, on January 1st, by January 1st, I'm still putting stuff on SoundCloud now, trying to have a transition. 010117. Yes. By January 1st, this show, or whatever it may become, will only be downloadable on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play. What is Stitcher? Stitcher, Stitcher is uh, just like iTunes. Uh-huh. So a, lot, a lot of people on Android use it. Um, a lot of people on Apple use it too. It's just a good So a couple catcher. of options. You have options that are available. Google Play. We don't have Google Play set up yet. We have Stitcher and iTunes set up. It's the Von Hessler Doctrine in these places. So if you're, if you're getting this podcast through Eric Von Line on iTunes, you need to go find the Von Hessler Doctrine and subscribe to that. Because on January 1st, no more shows are going to come down that other pipeline. And it's really kind of weird because people don't like to migrate. I found this out. You know, I have my personal page filled up on Facebook, 5,000 people yeah. in no time when I started it. Then I started the Eric Von Line page, and I don't think we've even gotten up to 3,000 all these years. People don't like to move from one to the other. So in order to make this happen, what I'm telling you is – if you're not going to move from the Eric Von Facebook Facebook page, 
you're living in a dying city. You're living in a city that will no longer exist. Does that new on pipe, January 1st. does that new von Hester doctrine pipeline go through any sacred water supplies? Or? No, it does okay. not. No native burial no. grounds. So there should be no demonstrations. There's no demonstrations whatsoever. It's no, just a, no water cannons. Are you letting people vote though? You didn't let people vote. You did this behind closed doors. I'm doing this like Cobb County with the Atlanta Braves. <laughs> I know I'm really going to have to. Co- I, I really I've made the decision because I know that people are just so, so set in their ways. I mean, there are going to be some people who are like, well, if you leave SoundCloud, you leave me. We're going to leave you. Yeah. I mean, we've made that decision. <laughs> you know, we, it's just, it's the way that it has to be and the way that it's going to be. Come on, people. And I've made a decision that maybe we're going to lose some people, but it has to be done to begin to build what's new. Mm-hmm. And so, and also, it's going to be more dynamic and more things going on. I can't tell people everything that's going to happen, but I can tell you. That uh, it's going to be a lot of Facebook Live, a lot of live shows, perhaps daily. Can't say more than that. Mm -mm. But that's going to happen off the Von Hessler Doctrine Facebook page, which is the new place you need to go. Need to subscribe, not subscribe, but like the Von Hessler Doctrine. You do. I think you do. Actually, it does have a subscribe button on, on iTunes. No, no, on iTunes. I'm yeah. talking about, I'm, 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 confla- oh. I'm conflating things Got here. You, sorry. My message, I'm mixing my message. So on the podcast, yes, you need to go to iTunes or Stitcher now, look for the Von Hessler Doctrine, subscribe. In the next few days, we'll have the Google Play thing ready. Facebook, get rid of all these different pages, my personal page, Eric Von Line, blah, 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 this, that, and the other. No, 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 no. Yeah. The personal page is going away. Personal page, I'm just going to take <laughs> offline. <laughs> No, you Greg, can't do that. Greg That's where all anymore. your memories are. Like, it's your personal page. No, but can, I, my understanding is I, I can just go private with it, and it, I won't lose anything. I just, That's we, the one I log into. It just so won't I be public. You, I hope you don't get rid of Greg that Greg lives vicariously through your well, Facebook page because he's not on Facebook. He's going to have to live vicariously. Th- I'll, just, make you, I'll make you an administrator for the new page. Greg, and, get your, just start a new Facebook page, Greg. No. No, he's not going to do it. Then maybe he shouldn't. So They're awful. Even looking at Eric's just stresses me out, just the kind of – discussions and i use that term loosely yes that happened on facebook no thanks so i just use it to stalk people i'm like oh, i'm gonna look this person up and see what they're doing <laughs> so the von hessler doctrine that's going to be our official one page come january 1st come hell or high water and you send out reminders all the time on the i'm facebook doing page, what i can so people but, can like know, it from there. i tell people i go into a world of five thousand people and four days later you know 700 yeah, of them come look. along for the ride but not so much more so that's just the I'm I'm going to have to accept that. But so uh, so the podcast, iTunes, Stitcher, very soon, Google Play, the Von Hessler Doctrine, Facebook, the Von Hessler Doctrine. That's going to be the only Facebook page, January first. Twitter, we have a couple of those out there now. Eric Von Line, my personal one, mm-hmm. blah blah blah. At TVHD Media One, or you look up the Von Hessler Doctrine. That's going to be the only Twitter page. Um, but and we do have. Uh, the Doctrine Hotline, which uh, on Monday's show, I'll start using. Maybe on Sunday's show. 678-681-9712. Let us know how you feel about anything. Are you going to react to something I said? Am I an idiot? Whoa. Do you love what me? What was it again? Do you fact, hate me? Fact checkers. And Greg, don't you bombard it with a bunch of stupid calls. 678-681-9712. That's I'm not going to f- bombard it with calls. I don't know. Being funny. You think I do that with my life? I, I think that's funny. I'm too lazy to do that. I tried to do the fake Instagram, and then I, I knew like a couple weeks in, I'd just be sick yeah. of it. Yep. 
It's already tired of it. But no, I won't bombard it. But it's not a 404 area code, which is a little disappointing. 678, six, that's a local uh, number. You didn't even give it a 770. You got a 678, man. Wow. That's, we, uh, that's where we are. It's a Google voice number. Goes six, right I know. It was a Google voice. You should be able to get a 404. 678-681-9712. It's nothing like the vent. If you go and like the Von Hester Doctrine on Facebook, you'll see the little blurb about the phone number. Yes. So there you go. I've pinned uh, it to the top. 727 people liking the Von Hester Doctrine. Yeah, out of what, what, 5,000. So uh, the point is, I'm just going to, you're going to get left behind. And yeah. maybe that sounds jerky. Don't be. But there's a decision that had to be made. We've got to streamline this thing. And everything that I put out has to come back to a source that is WSB so that we can count and know. Uh, we're too scattered all over the place. So come on with us in this uh, has, has Trump transition. Taught you nothing? <laughs> you should have taken those SoundCloud numbers and sold those to WSB, even if it's bots and there were, yeah. what did you just say, 80 majillion? Yeah, a gazillion people are listening to everyone, yeah. Right. But uh, They know. Yeah, they you know. should be like, hey, look at this. Look at these numbers. The word's these out about numbers. SoundCloud. Everybody knows about SoundCloud. Anybody in data Dodgy numbers. Yeah, because they don't, uh, I guess they don't do a good job of getting rid of bots and things like that. So you get... A lot of you can't know how many. Why would people. bots listen to the? What, what purpose? Does I don't it know serve? what happens. There's a clicking that goes. I have no idea. I don't. I don't really know what it is. All I know is that data people do not trust SoundCloud numbers. So we're getting off of SoundCloud because it used to be. I would or not used to be. Still today, I upload to SoundCloud and then that feeds iTunes. So the change here is the feed to iTunes is going to come from the WSB upload, and then we can track exactly how many people are doing. Whatever. But SoundCloud will stay. No. Like, it's not going to be updated, but you're going to use it. It's not going to be archive. updated. It's there as an archive because we have everything for the last three years. 509 tracks posted. Yeah. So I'll keep paying for whatever it is, like $10 a month, just to keep it as an archive. And it'll be there so people can go. F- 509. Yeah. And people say that I'm lazy. Years. People say I'm lazy. Even you, Greg. People say I'm lazy. 509 shows. That's not bad. Well, sure. Plus I mean, a that movie. Is, Let's that not forget that. And Plus you have movie. been putting in more work with this. In the past, you know, yeah. it, it was enough for you. Like, I'm the host. I'll go on. I'll run my mouth. <laughs> That's the extent. And you've yes. learned that, that you, can't, you can't get away with just that anymore. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. I am a teachable monkey. I've, I learn as I go, even at the age of 52. I still learn things. And uh, I want to say this, that uh, we were going to talk about this when we first went on and we forgot. And now this thing is just really ugly. But I... <laughs> I switched things up with my sandwich th- this morning. The robot robot cafe from the robot cafe. I was feeling bad about eating so much sausage. My God, that can't be good. Fifty-two. Do you even know what kind of sausage it is? It's that patty, you know, sausage patty. Is, is that pork? Is that beef? Is it? A I pork believe sorry? it's pork. I believe yeah. it's pork. And so pork patty. The pork. Remember her? Yeah. So uh, lovely girl. So. Today I'm looking, yeah, you know, a little, mm-hmm. little chunky, yeah, but just right. Calves were good attitude. Good calves. Good attitude. Mm. So I'm looking in my selections. I, you know what? Today, because there's quite a bit up there. Yeah, I'm just gonna get the egg and cheese. Biscuit. No meat. Yeah. No what meat. is this? An automat? It's a sandwich. No, it's a, It's actually. It's like you're walking into a store. Yeah, they're regular fridges. Yeah. You know, glass front fridge. There's just nobody works there. Drinks, and then there's also like chips and snacks on the shelf across the room. But the, you just you scan the item into the computer. Yeah. It's like self-checkout at Kroger almost. Yeah, yeah except there's no human being around. And by the way, well, this kind of gets to that. Maybe I'll get to that. That $15 an hour thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> McDonald's announced, guess what? 
We're going to iPads and kiosks and screw you. So I got this egg and cheese thing and said, I'm going to forego the sausage. Is it scrambled egg or is it fried? I, I don't know what it is. Like an egg patty. <laughs> I don't know what. I don't even know if it's an egg. Yellow. So, important detail. It's, it's, uh, it turns what out. Kind of, what kind of bread? What is it? An English yeah, muffin? No, it's, uh, it's just a, a bun. It's a bun. It's a sandwich. Ciabatta. So it turns out that the meat is what makes the rest of it seem real. Yeah. Because without because the, the sausage... the only real thing. Without the sausage, it felt like two different types of plastic, like with slightly different textures between the cheese and the folded eggy thing. And I mean, it was really disgusting. And I still ate three quarters of it, which, you know, will tell you something about me. I don't know. They have a website, you know, you can comment on things to them and tell them what you want in the robot cafe and what you no, don't. No, I, don't, I think it's uh, next time I'll just get the sausage because you know what? That works. Yeah. It, but it makes these other things, you know, it's kind of like a McDonald's just regular hamburger. What you don't realize is it's the pickle on the ketchup. If you took the pickle and the ketchup off of the... It tastes like nothing. The, the meat does not taste like anything. No, there's absolutely no taste. <laughs> the flavor is the salt that's in the ketchup <laughs> and the brine from the pickle. Well, it's like the Big Mac, isn't it, man? It's that sauce. That yeah. sauce is awesome. Speaking oh, that of, secret sauce. That's oh, just South Island dressing. Speaking yeah. of the Big Mac, that's why I brought it up. Because Jim Delegati... Now, people... Like, Greg makes fun of me. He's like, oh, you're going you, to you die. You eat like this. And also, Greg eats ice cream for breakfast. Mm-hmm. Jim Delegati, creator of the Big Mac, died on Monday, 98 years old. Now, I'm guessing Jim Delegati ate a Big Mac or two in his day. Yeah. I was gonna, but it, that, that's the question here. Did he eat them every day? No. I, I have the creator, so that's the only thing I eat. <laughs> no, I don't think he ate them every no. day. But he, might, I, he might have checked back in once in a while to see if they were still up to, up to snuff. You know what I'm saying? I think he probably liked them. I, I, would, I would guess that at 98 years... He ate more Big Macs than I have. I don't even think they're that awful. I fast know. food is like the fries, the French fries and stuff, and milkshakes and all the other stuff that comes with it. That's the bad stuff. Yeah. A Big Mac, right? Red meat. There's yeah. studies, you know, don't eat it all the time. But well, there's there's, there's discussions on where that meat comes from. Is it is it the waste product that's bundled into this patty? I don't hey, know, you know. look, you know what? It hadn't killed me. I yet. gotta say, I love the taste of a Big Mac. I love the. I still love the taste of a yep. Big Mac. And McDonald's when they're hot still have good fries. The problem is if you get, they're not really hot. I like I like the I Burger King the, fries better than the. the oh really? The, yeah, I do because oh, they're more rare. they're more potato. Oh, that's that's rare. Yeah, I gotta say, no one I, likes the Wendy's fries. Well, what? A, what about know. the Arby's curly fries? No, I'm not a fan. I, what? what? I don't like the texture of it. It's just weird. I like the Chick Fil A uh, uh, potato the things. Waffle oh, the waffle fries, waffle fries are good. I like those. But for me, if McDonald's fries are really hot, yes, they're the best. And I we stopped on the way to our little Thanksgiving vacation down in sarasota somewhere in you know i would just call it lost dreams florida somewhere in that northern you know where you look around and anybody over 14 you at least suspect is on meth lost it's one of these florida. two sister, sister city to broken soul Illinois. <laughs> it's just sad and <laughs> <laughs> it but, was. We went to McDonald's and it took forever. We were in the drive-through. It took forever. But the good and I'm looking around at you know these you know they were making it fresh. These wayward teens all over the place and just you know total northern Florida. And yeah, when we got them, it was the hottest fries we had in a long time and yeah. it's delicious. Big Mac, delicious. So I salute this guy, Jim Delegati. Lived to be 98. 
you know, come on. This guy was not having the best diet ever. It just goes to show well, that it's in your genes more he, than anything. It's in your DNA more than anything. You don't get hit mi- by a bus. He might have invented it and then gone completely on a health kick for the rest of his life, yeah. knowing that it, maybe it wasn't the best for him. He looked like he's a pretty heavy dude. I mean, you know, not... What's his last name? Delegati. Yeah, he drank bourbon, too. Oh, yeah. So he yeah. he created this thing in the <laughs> 60s, and uh, he was just a franchisee, and it took him a while well, to convince others to go with it. And... Uh, I guess the big thing was that the the McDonald's company did not want him to put a sesame seed bun on it, and he said, I realized it would just look like a big mess without the sesame seed bun. I never would have thought about that, but it's true. If yeah. you just had regular buns on that thing, it would just be a big mess, but the sesame seeds keeps the stuff in. Well, what do they do with the uh, extra tops? Because you've got two <laughs> bottoms for the bun. And then, <laughs> right? I think that they probably send uh, them to India and feed it's a, people. It's a double stacker, isn't it? It's a double, yeah, so yeah. you got that one in the yeah. middle. I would imagine it's all made to uh, order. There's a there's a supply chain. That just makes that the makes bottoms. It, just makes the bottoms, right. Yeah, it's easy. I, I would call them the middles. I mean, the middle is really the bottom, right? There's a, the, the middle is the same as the bottom. Well, I'm going to investigate yeah. it next time because I think the bottom might have more of a base yeah. to it than the middle part. I would imagine the middles are just uh, are unique and have to well, be... Well, yeah, they could make a taller bun and then just create an extra slice. I don't very, think they do that, though. It's very no. radio, but on the way to work on Monday, I'm going to bring one and we'll examine it. We'll examine it. All right. Yeah. You know what? You Are we doing a show Sunday? Yeah, we're doing a show Sunday. Well, I don't want to. I, 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 I hesitate when we're on the radio because yeah. we're going to say good things, but then somebody will joke and say someone like Greg will pipe in and say something nasty about McDonald's. And then well, he, hey, well, it's a short show this Sunday, so he may not be on. Oh, it. you're not. You're only on for an hour and a half. You have Sunday off, Greg. Oh, so yeah, great. Thanks, Bulldogs. Jeez, when's it's the not, season? No, this no, actually it's bas- well, it's Bulldogs basketball. It's Bulldogs basketball. Oh this my time. god! <laughs> <laughs> Nobody cares about that. <laughs> this is why uh, we could do this on the podcast. That's it true. May not get back to my bosses. None Somebody does. Hey, I find basketball is better on the radio. Shut up. Uh, I. It's Bulldogs <laughs> basketball. No, I've never known one person like I am a fan of those those Bulldogs. Basketball? Yeah, they have yeah, the fans. They don't play in front of nobody. Some people show up and watch. They have yeah, fans. People are just bored. Like I wish just couldn't do something. because they're not good. Sure, if they got good, it's, it's strange that UJ's never ever. They're a football school. Most schools are one or the other. Like look nah, at but uh, Florida. You had Florida the Gators. They were winning yeah, everything. No, they for a while they were winning everything. And they put it Even in the baseball. Bowl I think they were good. But you know, uh, with all these changes in 2017, like Duke is a basketball school, uh, right? And their football team's okay. I'm going to take it back to musicals real quick because I know Greg's a fan. Greg, you might want to consider coming back to Atlanta because Why? the Plaza Movie Theater are going to do musical Mondays. And you can go online now and vote for the musical you want to play on a certain Monday night. Well, what, what kind of, what's the, what are the options? Rent. Ugh. Little That's Shop of Horrors. Was there Shop a movie? There was a movie Rent? Yeah. Ugh. Little Shop of Horrors and Dream yeah. Girls. No, and no. Was the last star. one? Dream uh, Girls? Dream Girls. It's a star. No, no. I don't want to go to any of these. Oh, uh, okay. It's a star. I'm just saying. You want a musical. You want. I thank uh, you for thinking of me, but. You want something great. Check it out. Sing for your life. Seven eight four Monroe Drive. I don't want to see Jennifer Hudson. I want to see Fred Fred Astaire. <laughs> you know what's going to happen? Like Little Shop of Horrors. Like that's just good. That's like going uh, to see a midnight screening of Back to the Future or something, yeah. um, or Rocky Horror Picture Show, where it's just going to be too much interaction. It's like we're here. Yeah. It's an event, and yeah. it's a yeah. self congratulation. Look at us. We're hipsters. And we're, yeah, look at I this. know hey. this film, and I'm going to make sure everyone in this theater knows that I know this film. Yeah, well, yeah, you're just, right. Because the Plaza does Rocky Horror on Friday, so I guess they're going to try and make a Monday of it with these musicals. What about that because movie? I would like to the, go see it. Like that was the thing. 
Uh, I got a little bit of this when I went to see Singing in the Rain. Surprisingly, uh, an American in Paris, people applauded at the beginning. There were people excited. Yeah. Uh, and then they applauded at the end. Yeah. I still thought that's weird. It's a film. But it is weird. Everybody's dead up there for the most part. But then you got uh, people, some people, and it wasn't as bad as like a Rocky Horror or something like this, but there were some people and then Singing in the Rain in the middle, like, uh, you know, Reynolds and Kelly Kiss and who? Yeah. Shut yeah, up. Shut up. Yeah. We don't. <laughs> I know this is an old film uh, and it's a popular film, but it's like it's being shown in a theater and I'm excited to see it on a bigger screen because I've only ever watched yeah. it on a TV. That's one of those movies, yeah. Singing in the Rain, is one of those movies that young people see for the first time and they're surprised that they like it. Yeah. Because I think for most people, it's Singing in the Rain, who, you know, but it's actually a very funny movie. It's, uh, no, it's, it's, it's very funny. really funny. It's, it's, it's got a lot to it. And uh, I was watching it one night and my now 18 year old, I guess he was 17 at the time, wandered in about 20 minutes into it. And spent the first five or ten looking at his phone at Reddit like he usually does. And then, then the phone went down. And when it was over, it's like, wow, I had no idea that, that was actually a really yeah. good movie. It really is a good movie. And a weird movie. It, uh, one of those musicals that's weird because I didn't realize all those songs were already popular hits before the movie was made. They weren't made for the movie. Except for the only one that's original for the film, Make Them Laugh, which is actually just a ripoff from a song that Gene Kelly actually sang in another film. Um Something about clowns. So oh. like same premise too. Oh, is that the uh, one with that's the one with Judy Garland? Now I'm really sounding uh, non heterosexual. Let's put it that way. <laughs> this one Why? where well, Gene was, Kelly, this, this is the- Gene Kelly, and uh, Judy Garland are in one, and they're like vaudeville people, and they dress up as clowns and do a number. I don't can't remember if that's exactly the one you're talking about, but I bet it is. It's funny you bring no, this up, the non heterosexual. That was, I was since I've been reading about Gene Kelly, it's a big battle with him. The fact that uh, some people think he was gay was seen as effeminate, and men who did it were sissies. And yeah, was you know, he I gay? I mean, he, I think some people say I've heard that he's gay. I heard that he's not gay. Who knows? Is I, don't, he gay? I, I, I don't think he is. But even if he was, who cares? But the Great thing dancer. was, uh, he he was a athlete yeah. and really liked hockey and tried to incorporate huh. like the physicality that it takes. Hey, to- those things were hard to do, man. You watch oh, those. Yeah. When I was a kid, I hated musicals. Uh, it just, they didn't, I didn't like them at all. It took me right. a while. I was like, I became a, a, a fan of movie making. And then I became a fan of musicals because then you start looking and there's like a lot of times there's 30, 40 people in the frame and they all have to be doing the right thing. And, I mean, those and dances, you know they did they did those scenes all day long. Oh when they yeah, were their feet it. were bleeding. Yeah. You know, and, and well, Debbie Reynolds, yeah, at the end of uh, Good Morning, they shot for like fourteen hours. Yeah. They did that and uh, take after take after take, and all a lot of these films ended with those big pieces, those big numbers that yeah. did have so many people involved. So if you have one person's one off, person's off halfway through the four minute thing, yeah. you got to start over again. But uh, <laughs> I always felt like it's singing in the rain. See, we talk about anything here: Trump analyzing singing in the rain. I feel like there's a big cop out in Singing in the Rain. That whole part in the middle that just becomes this whole other dance number <laughs> that is just like, it's like, hey guys, I've got an idea and here's how it starts. And it's that whole thing where the guy comes, it's Gene Kelly coming into town. <laughs> I can't, you know the part I'm talking about. It's it, it's this whole piece that lasts that's for like. the end. That's, that's where they I know, like, but it's like they, they always we, have these big numbers. We, yeah. need, we need 15 minutes. It has nothing to do with the rest of the movie. Nothing that one to doesn't. Do. It was done well, and I think it was more just to show off what they could do. But oh, it's got that that gotta dance part. Gotta gotta dance. dance. Yeah, it's it's great, but it has nothing to do. It is. It's like really great filler. It has nothing to do with the rest of the movie. Well, uh, an American in Paris has that like seventeen minutes, but that ties into the film 
in that uh, when Lisa's leaving to get married, he then fantasizes about his life in Paris with her that yeah. he's not going to have. So that right. does, yeah, this one in Singing in the Rain does seem seeming like, why does like, this come into yeah. play? Hey, guys, I've got an idea. It starts like this. <laughs> Just like go and it comes back. Never, I have never seen it. I've only ever seen the Singing in the Rain actual song. No, it's a great movie. It's a great movie. It's a fun movie. It's uh, like take your girl. I don't know, or or just rent it or I whatever. Da- I, had, I have a dad who doesn't like musicals, so there's not much of that going on. Oh, really? Yeah, Ivan doesn't like the musicals. Ivan's just, no. uh, it's all uh, poppycock. The only thing I've ever seen Bullocks. in the theater that was musical was the last Led Zeppelin get together, that celebration concert. Yeah, and people did clap after that, and also during it, it was at the Midtown. Landmark. Yeah. Yeah, they can't hear you. The, in the midst, they were just like, turn it up! Turn <laughs> it up! Because it really needed to be just a tad louder. Yeah. Zeppelin, you know. But. I, um, uh, those, those people can't hear you on the screen. No, the clapping at the end, I didn't get it. Yeah. Like, it, But I mean, I, it, sometimes it's organic. Sometimes yeah. you'll see Casablanca or something, yeah. and people at the end are just like, God, that was really good. And it's it a is. little bit you know, organic, but clapping at the beginning is silly. I was thinking about this, though, like the other emotions you may want to express during a film. Um, people like even just clapping if you're excited. We're talking about how that's a strange how you're clapping. The people can't hear you, uh, but you're supposed to have control of that. But laughter, they can't hear you laugh, but like laughter is one of those things you can't. Well, well that's true, but they're going for that. Yeah, I guess that's right. No, but I mean, you can't stop laughing. If, if or like when you wet yourself funny. at a horror film. They don't know. Up there on the screen. <laughs> oh, she yourself. lost her head. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I love this podcast because we go from everything from analyzing politics to singing in the rain. Musicals. I've yeah. never seen an American I, in Paris. I don't think I don't think I've ever seen an American in Paris. I've never seen parts of it. But I don't think I've ever seen it. I've seen you know, Singing in the it. Rain a lot. You know, I watched last night that movie, uh, that Coen Brothers movie, A Simple Man. Have you seen that? Is it new? No, it's a few years old, but it's about... Uh, the, one of the main actors in it is the guy who's in Curb Your Enthusiasm, who's Laurie's uh, awkward cousin, or um, oh, he's kind of a, a heavier set actor, but he's in Curb Your Enthusiasm. Not Albert Brooks' brother. Oh, I don't know. But anyway, the movie is it's a really interesting movie, A Simple Man. You should check it out. Well, the Coen brothers are quite good. But have, it's a lot about Jewish culture, but it's really. You ever awesome. see their first movie, Blood Simple? Wait, are you talking no. about a serious man, Nick? Oh, a serious man. Sorry, yes, yes. Who's in that? Uh, let's see if we can find the cast. The figure out the guy actor. you're talking about. But, yeah, a serious man. It's a really interesting story. Dark Probably comedy. only white people in it, though, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. 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 That's that's the argument with the co It should be called a privileged man. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a great scene where he gets, I love that. He you know, gets you could never get away. You could never get away with going after Spike Lee because there's so many black people in his movies. It's just amazing, the double standard. Who cares? It's a good movie. It's a good movie. Anyway, A Serious Man, it's it's on the old, uh, I think it's on HBO right now. Color Purple. Too many black people. You could never yeah, write never. that. It's like, you, know, you, you go after people. Yeah. Too many white people. Who cares? <laughs> so when, did, when did white become pejorative? It's just a, just an absolute known negative. Isn't it supposed to be neutral? Isn't enlightenment supposed to be? It doesn't matter? I don't know. It shouldn't matter. Story, nah, I don't know. The story, it was like, it's like people who say, well, you know, a black man should play James Bond or whatever, or a woman should play James Bond. No, it wasn't written that way. Create a black James Bond. Yeah. Just have a novelist create a really cool special agent who's black and then go with that. But it's it, got to be set in the 70s. It's like a black Santa Claus. It's not, have you, you know, have, <laughs> black kids don't want to sit on a black Santa Claus lap. They want to sit on Santa Claus's lap. He's a mythological character is white. Talking to Santa Claus, you hung out with him yesterday, didn't you, for a minute? Yeah, there was some Santa Claus yeah. there. I was really lucky. I was uh, Clark's I, Christmas Kids. Yeah, the first day, and they had me for three hours with Clark Howard. Me, I'm like the new kid on the block. Yeah, 
I was really uh, it's a great thing. impressed with myself on that. Uh, Greg, have you found that yet? Because I want to I want to talk about Blood Simple now. I think I have. Heard I found what? What am I looking up? Oh, a serious man. But no, talk about Blood Simple. Don't worry about it. Just so no, I'm, looking, I'm looking up a serious man, no. but I don't know. I mean, we're looking at the cast. I don't know who plays Arthur. Who's Arthur? Is it Arthur in the movie? Oh, uh, yeah, Richard Kind. Richard Kind. He's in Kirby Enthusiasm. He's a really geeky okay. uh, cousin who comes to stay. And so this is a brand new movie. No, no, like a couple, no, no, no. Like oh. six, seven years old. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I haven't seen this one. Uh, it's uh, from 2009, A Serious Man. People like it. So anyway. Yeah. Uh, Inside Lewin Davis I watched again for the second time the other night. Uh, there's some parts of that that I like. I caught that a few months back. Uh, it's Overall, I think it gets a little uh, saggy. But I liked it more the second time, though. I, the yeah. first time, I felt like that. It didn't engage me as much, but for some reason, yeah, watching it's, it's it the decent. second time through. It's decent. John Goodman's character is awesome. <laughs> as always in those movies uh, oh, I've never seen Blood Simple but it looks awesome Blood Simple uh, so many people have watched so many Coen Brothers movies that are famous their first one Blood Simple have you seen it Greg? I haven't oh it's great and uh, it's I think it's like 90 minutes I mean it's not Francis that long McDormand's the main role in it yeah this, it's a great 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 84 yeah uh. yeah it's a real quick movie and it's a thriller and it's just it's dynamite I mean it, there's not there's not Two minutes at Slack or anything. It's just got all the stuff that later on you like about the Coen brothers. Like Coen brothers, so many of their movies, there's some sort of abduction at the, at the center of yes. it. <laughs> and in a weird way, there is with this one too, but I don't want to give anything away. If you haven't seen Blood Simple, it's really, really just a, it's a great ride. It's a lot of fun. I got to say, I'll watch anything with Holly Hunter in it. She's one of the best actresses out there. And uh, there's, uh, there's another one they made, they made a long time ago. A lot of people didn't see called uh, The Man Who Wasn't There. You ever see that? Billy Bob no. Thornton? I have seen it, but it's been so long ago. Really good yeah. movie. Very different, very slow-paced, but very good. Also slow-paced, but exposed. Slow-paced. Slow-paced, two-paced. Slow-paced. Toothpaste. <laughs> I can't say. Slow-paced, toothpaste. Uh, Barton Fink. You ever see that? That was like Never the saw third it, one. Yeah. Very slow. Like it really moves along really slow and then just explodes at the end. It's so damn good. Well, jumping to uh, another filmmaker, I, I saw that you liked the Wes Anderson H&M Holiday ad. That's pretty awesome, don't you think? Yeah. It was, uh, I, you know, it has all the Wes Anderson things. All the Wes Anderson things that I don't blame him for doing, but the things that I think people have adopted and want to implement into real life. Like, I feel like that's in the creation of neighborhoods and, like, say, Brooklyn. Yeah. Like that's what people are trying to make their lives like. What's the movie called? Oh, they're trying to live in the, a Wes Anderson film? I do. I really think that it's had yeah. that much of an influence. Like, oh, that would be, like, such a cute like to have. Well, there's a lot live. of hipster-esque things in Wes Anderson, uh, Wes Anderson movies. Yeah. Well, What's the, the new one called? This is not a movie. It's just oh. a, it's No, like this a, was an ad. It's like a three-minute oh. ad or, or something for H&M. It's like four minutes. Four minutes, and it's, on, it's online. It's great. No, it's nice. It is really, really great. It's a Christmas ad, and it has a cool little. It's it's, it's really on a train. Really nice. It's like it has a character from Darjeeling Limited. Yeah, and yeah, it's just kind of a play on that. No, huh. which wasn't Bring one of my favorite then. movies by 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 uh, no. Wes Anderson. Darjeeling that one kind of like it was a little too. Now that we're totally in movie talk, you know, it's like uh, they have baggage. 
No, really. Baggage. <laughs> well, come on. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. So, and slap me over the head. <laughs> this, this one really cool part in the middle where they that kid drowns or they save somebody drowning. I only saw it once in the theater. But that yeah. scene where they're that there's like five, seven minutes there that are just spectacular, amazing. Mm-hmm. But uh the rest of it's just kind of a bit of a slog. I still like I didn't like obviously I think I think Rushmore's the one you gotta point to. You liked Bottle Rocket. Bottle Rocket, their first one, uh, I love a one, lot. What's the one about the Scout Troop, the last one? Moonlit, Moonlit Sunrise? Yeah, I like that oh, more. Like the, that. That's one of the ones I liked a lot more the yeah, second time I saw awesome. it. First time I saw it, I thought, like, well, are you trying to make a Wes Anderson movie? Like, this is going to yeah. be coming too, you know, obvious. And then uh, second time I saw it, I really dug it. Same thing is true with uh, the Royal Tenenbaums. Uh, I didn't really care for it the first time. I thought it was too Wes Anderson. It's a grower. And then the second time, and now I've watched it a bunch of times, really, really dig it. But uh, the one where where Bill Murray was the underwater whatever blah yeah, blah the blah cap, the, um, the, life yeah. aquatic life aquatic yeah that one brilliant that one is awesome that one is awesome uh, and no we were just talking about movies we like well that's where this goes we talk Grand about Budapest stuff. Hotel do you see that one that's uh, awesome you know what I don't watch it again. Maybe I should watch it again. Actually, I think that's like, another yeah. one. The first time I just thought, eh, I don't know. You know, it was that the was first one, one that people because like it's so it's like the most precious of the precious. Oh please! Uh, but I liked it. I, you liked I, it. I, I, that one held interest throughout. I, I guess you know my thing with that one was for the first time I felt like the character in the middle wasn't a good guy, mm-hmm. and so I didn't dig him. Like, he he was he was taking advantage of old ladies, right? And like I didn't find him to be. Yeah, but he wasn't necessarily the main character. So it's like the kid is more the main character, the yeah. young guy. Um, and there's some development with the character. In the end, he's not so nasty. Okay, well, I'll check it out again. And that's movie talk for today. Are we done with movie talk? Let's. That was this episode of. Don't forget, migrate to the other Facebook page. Yes, do it. The Von Hessler Doctrine. Look for it. Go there. We're going to be doing Facebook Lives. Maybe every day. Looks like every day pretty soon. But we're going to be doing it off that page. And I got complaints, but we'll do that later about Facebook. But uh, you, that, have, you have complaints? Well, yeah, because... Well, it's kind of, we'll turn off the music for a second. <laughs> it's kind of a thing. You know, it's like when you go to the... They only give you 5000 on your personal page. Mm-hmm. Then you got to go over to the entertainer thing. So I, I think I listed myself as a news personality on the new page. But here's what they do. If let's say five thousand people came to our party, and then we say, "Hey, we're doing a Facebook Live," you reached eighty-three people. Would you like to boost your post? Ah. Uh, Whereas on your personal one, it just goes out to people. Does the boost cost money? Oh yeah. Ah. Uh. So w- w- once we get over there, we're doing Facebook Lives. I'm going to have to like tweet people. You got to go there now. I'm not spending twenty dollars every day to boost my post. No. Oh, and you want to boost it more? It's like. Hey, these people said they wanted to hear from me. I get it. That's their way they're making money, but it's a little bit annoying. But that's the way the world is. That was this episode of Movie Talk. We'll chat with you on the next episode of... No, no, stop it. Stop it. Stop it. What? I was going to say, yeah, that Movie Talk, it's nice. Much better than Trump Talk. Much better than Trump Talk. I know Although, we had some Trump Talk. I they, think... Mm-hmm. 
Don't you think it's okay if we actually analyze reality? Yeah, I, I think it's okay. As, but as I think long as we're not many... saying, oh, this new guy in the cabinet, he's a, he wants to kill people of color. You know, this cartoonish nonsense. That I is... think it's fine to analyze. It's just that there are many things in this world to talk about. That's and this true. Is dominating everything. Well, and you know, I, Greg, I, did you know that I'm not watching any 24-hour – I'm watching no television news yeah, now. We it's been two weeks. It's been two weeks, and it's fantastic. This morning – I wake up in the morning now. I used to wake up in the morning. First thing I did was get my first dose of 24-hour news and all that kind of stuff. And this morning – I you know I make my breakfast. I put on like light piano music on behind me. And I sit oh, down yeah. and I read. I read the paper. I read. I don't get my first jolt of, you know, oh what are the dumb liberals on campus doing today that I should be angry about and start my day. I, I read and you know I read things that that disturb me and I read things that I like and that sort of thing. But it's a whole. It's not coming different- from it. A twist, not coming from a twisted perspective. It's as not well. coming from the heat of television, which is we got to make stuff happen here. We got to make you know we got to have a show. Show. So, are you anything else? Are you going to interrupt? Are we going to interrupt? This we're like Paul McCartney. We don't have to end something. You know, it's Nick's turn to start the music and then stop it. That was this. Hang on, hang on, uh, hang, yes. on hang on. Uh, I was going to say if we are going to do uh, the movie thing, what yes. did you call it? I called it movie talk. I think. It should happen on a Monday, Movie Talk Monday. Exactly. Like because fact check Friday. Greg, we didn't do any fact checking today. Greg, I know, I'm sorry. Greg loves alliteration. He's told me about this. He loves when little things, Monday and Movie if, Talk. Yeah, and movie if you talk can Monday. get rhyming in there, yeah. if you can combine rhyming and alliteration, wow. And he loves. You could do WTF Wednesday. What That's the, the Wednesday? That noise was me taking my fingers and putting them to my lips and like, Mm, kissing mm, yeah mm. like you just uh, like i just tasted some tomato sauce speaking mm. of which hold on wait a minute hold on wait what <laughs> you just tossed in there how long you been dating this girl i don't need details but you're my friend i don't know i don't know this yeah but she that was that was the, the hispanic girl that auto made fun of me. so what has this been like uh two months now three months we first went out uh in september it's pretty steady like it's not i didn't jump in and just let yeah. go and like so we hang out like once or twice a week and it's nice and it's fun you guys are getting along well i'm happy for you i'm not gonna yeah and i don't bring it up because i don't need the uh, autumn to start no. doing an impression oh i like that you really like this girl and you don't want her made fun of does she ever listen to you did have you even told her yet that you have that you do these things she knows does she ever listen well i just i just tell her the radio thing on sunday i also tell her the podcast because i don't It'd be fine to listen now, but my concern is if she started no. listening, then Autumn ever did the voice. I don't want to deal with that. Is she sensitive? If she wouldn't, she wouldn't laugh at that. Well, I, I don't think she's so sensitive. Yeah, yeah. Maybe she would. Yeah. She you does say, have a little bit of an accent, and I think that she's uh, uh, sensitive to that a bit. Okay. All right. Well, you know, if she listens, I just want to say hello and uh, welcome to the world of Greg. Enjoy that ride. <laughs> That was this episode of Digital Doctrine. We'll chat with you again on the next episode of Digital Doctrine. But until then, get off my lawn.